0: The Fanboy, episode 135. Mario Francisco Robles MFR here with you and this is episode 135 of the fanboy podcast but listen here folks this is not just any old episode this is not just more of the same this is the start of a whole new era here on the fanboy because right now it is my pleasure to bring on the new resident permanent co-host of the fanboy podcast none other than my old friend Mr. Brett Miro
1: Yo, what's up? I'm so happy to be a part of this show. Yeah, man. (laughs) Nice to be back (laughs) podcasting.
0: Two thirds of the Revengers are back together. And uh, I cannot wait to kind of start this whole new journey here with you. We're going to be doing this every week, right?
1: Yeah, every week I'm really excited to just get back to talking geek stuff, and uh, yeah, we're going to start including a little more uh, than just uh, movies and TV. So yeah, gonna
0: movies, really TV, we're going to bring in some of your video game expertise from uh, the Play It Loud cast back in the day, and yep. Yeah, this is going to be a show about all things geek, all things just being a fanboy and getting excited about things and getting heated about things. And now we're going to be able to bounce (laughs) off each other like the maniacs that we are and talk about some of this geeky stuff we love so much every week. So, you know what? I'm kind of like. I want to just dive right in. Is that cool with you? Yeah,
1: let's
0: do it. All right. So look, every week in conjunction with the fact that we are a part of supermanonfilm.com, I'm going to be giving you all an update, if there are any, about the current state of Superman on film. What's going on with the all these rumored projects? We know J.J. Abrams is producing a... a reboot that's going to be written by ta nahisi Coates, apparently. We know Michael B. Jordan has got something going on on HBO Max with Val Zod. We know that, you know, the, 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 there's rumors of Henry Cavill still kind of being in the mix and talking recently about the cape being in the closet still. You know, there's still lots of still, uh, lots of intrigue, lots of ground to cover, including rumors of what's going on in this Flash movie with how DC is going to be handling Superman moving forward. So, Brett I kind of want to just start by asking you, like for you right now, if we never see Henry Cavill again, how do you feel about that?
1: Um, I, I really would like to see him get to suit up again. Honestly, mm-hmm. I did enjoy his portrayal and, and I would yeah. like to see him in, in maybe a stronger written film. Uh, but I'm not going to, you know, lose my mind if we don't see him again. Uh, I, I can go either way. But I, I guess I lean a little in the direction I, I would like to see him again, but I'm not going to be bent out of shape I guess if we don't
0: <laughs> yeah I mean in general with the character like are are you hoping that they do kind of reboot and start from scratch like Matt Reeves is going to do with Batman or are you kind of hoping that they could find a way to make what's currently there better kind of like they did with Aquaman and Wonder Woman where they kind of put a new shine on some existing DCEU characters would you like to see a new shine on that Superman or would you rather just you know what clean break start over
1: Sure. I mean, I I do think they did a a great job with Wonder Woman and Aquaman, you know, kind of like they had to take them out of the uh, you know Snyderverse and kind of bring them into like their own uh, sort of realm, if you will. Uh, I think they did a good job with those so they could do a job like that with Superman. But at the same time, uh, I'm always open for a fresh take and maybe it's better to just, you know, kind of cut ties and just move forward. Sometimes that is the right choice.
0: (laughs) Yeah, see, for me, I, I, I go back and forth because, you know... On the one hand, I have a complicated relationship with the Zack Snyder Superman films, be it Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman. Although, funny enough, I loved Zack Snyder's Justice League and I loved the Superman bits that he showed us in there. When all was said and done, I thought he was going to give us something pretty damn great. But, you know, despite my complicated feelings about Henry Cavill's Superman, I still think that the guy's got it in him to be like the iconic Superman for this generation. He just hasn't. Yeah. He just hasn't gotten that chance. And it just kind of like for that sake, I'm pulling for him to get a reboot, but to be, I mean, not a reboot to to get a a new lease on life and a a chance to do some more. You tell some more definitive uh, Superman stories, but at the same time, what Matt Reeves has going on with Batman over there has me wondering, like, man, if somebody who loves Superman as much as Matt Reeves loves Batman took over that character and decided to build a whole world around him that really honored him the way, you know, I like, I couldn't be mad at that. You know what I mean? Like, I, right. I would be sad to not see Henry anymore. But right now, it's been so long since I've gotten to see regular, consistent great superman movies at you know in theaters it's been it's been a very very long time you know way too long so right now though like in terms of these different you know the like there's so many different rumors going around right now about how dc is going to be handling superman i want to bounce this one off you because about two or three weeks ago grace randolph and others started discussing that in this upcoming flash movie that the only real glimpse of superman will be Henry Cavill but on a TV and that the film itself will be positioning Supergirl as the new sort of Superman of a new sort of Justice League 2.0. Right. Uh so that's like the rumor. Um, so before I say what I think of it, what do you think when you hear that?
1: Yeah, it's it I'm I'm torn. Yeah. I, and I think a lot of a lot of fans are uh that you know, they're just saying, Hey, let's just put Superman in the background. We're going to move forward with Supergirl. And, uh, it just, I guess it depends what they do with it. I, I don't want Supergirl to just be a stand in for Superman. She should just kind of be her own thing. Yeah. And then uh, hopefully that's what they're doing. That's what they should do. That's the right thing to do for the character. Don't mm. just make her a stand in for Superman. And then eventually we can get, you know, a new kal uh, hopefully in there, but, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting way to go and and I think we're also seeing that uh, kind of with with Batgirl um, with how they're handling that because as we know right now it looks like the the Reeves Batman not to to segue is not going to maybe be a uh you know an inter universe kind of guy so yeah. they're kind of positioning Batgirl as as that uh, you know the Batman for that but yeah. again it's it's not right to do that to those characters that both have a rich history on their own. So mm-hmm. I hope it's not just like, hey, we're just doing, you know, a uh, gender swap, Batman gender swap S- S- Superman, and actually yeah. like taking care of those characters and honoring them in the way that fans and comic fans of those characters expect. Yeah. That's the most important thing for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, honestly, I think people have taken this stuff way too literally. Mm-hmm. You know, I think maybe in spirit, what Warner Brothers and, is going to be doing right now is sort of putting Supergirl and Batgirl In though you know, they're gonna put them to the forefront, but they're not gonna act like their Batman and Superman don't matter and they're they don't exist, right? But for right now, those two are gonna be at the forefront, you know, and you know, and because the current DCEU Batman is gonna be the Michael Keaton Batman who's older and is not gonna have his own movies. So it makes sense that, you know, in those DCEU crossover type situations, yeah, you've got old man Batman, but there isn't like an in their prime Batman. So for the in their prime, you know, Batman type stuff, Batgirl will sort of be there to scratch that itch. I mean, again, it's all going to be interesting to see how they how they actually pull this off but i get the sense that like they're not flat out saying all right no more batman no more superman it's just batgirl and supergirl now like no i I think they're putting those characters sort of on the back burner and they're going to put those two at the forefront and uh you know
1: being how everything how complicated everything is at this point because like it, it still is and we're pretty in tune to this stuff it still yeah. is kind of crazy like what's Snyderverse what's the DCEU what's this Reeves thing like how does it all fit together yeah. so I think they do need a little more time to figure that out with maybe you know with Superman and Batman probably more with Superman they at least have a Batman in production <laughs> like you know it's about to come yeah. out in a month so it, it, I think it is maybe easier to just get these other characters in uh, you know and get those going while they figure out you know Superman
0: yeah I mean the, the 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 interesting possibility is since we're now delving into this whole multiverse angle is that just like with Batman we could have multiple versions of these heroes right so cuz in the flash alone we're going to have the Ben Affleck Batman and we're going to have the Michael Keaton Batman and that's going to hit theaters several months after the Robert Pattinson Batman has made his debut right. so we're officially in this world where there we're going to see three Batmen in 2022 <laughs> three of them
1: i'm getting so
0: So, much batman so you want batman i give you all the batman so but meanwhile so with superman though they could do something similar you know and i've been saying Mm -hmm. for a while like they could have henry cavill as the shared universe superman and they could have the jj abrams superman as its own thing kind of like the matt reeves batman you know they could kind of like they could do that you know we're in listen spider-man no way home just made almost two billion dollars with three spider-men in it you know audiences have now shown that they can they can grasp all this multiverse stuff and that it there is something kind of cool about seeing these older versions of the characters and knowing that like those continuities and those movies and those franchises all actually are part of this current story that you're watching. It's all part of the same shared tapestry.
1: It's all I mean, connected.
0: It's all connected. Um, so, yeah. So in terms of, in terms of like Superman, you know, so you have the rumor there in the flash about Supergirl is going to really kind of be positioned as the big Kryptonian that we care about coming out of that movie, which, you know, I want, I want the focus to be on our Man of Steel, but for now, as long as they do it right, I'm not going to hate uh, having some focus on Supergirl, as long as she really has her own story and her own arc and it doesn't feel like, oh, this is supposed to be a Superman story. They just turned it into a girl, you know? Right. Um, but then aside from that, you have this thing where, where Michael B. Jordan, apparently a couple of years back, remember there were rumors that he was going to be trying to do a black Superman reboot. Mm-hmm. And then those rumors went away And then all of a sudden It came back in a new form And it was going to be that he's doing a TV Like limited uh, What do they call them? A limited run, series. limited series mm-hmm. On HBO Max about Valzad. And one of the things that was interesting about that I don't know if it was the Hollywood Reporter Or Deadline that said it But it seems like Jordan Was self-aware enough to know That if you give people a, a black Superman, there's going to be a, there's going to be a harsh sort of uh, a swift response from the general public, especially if you try to like race bend Clark Kent or something like that. Right. That's why he, apparently he would rather do Val's but do it in a, in a slightly smaller spotlight there at HBO max where he could carve out something more unique and interesting because he, he kind of seems to predict that if you were to try to race bend Clark, that's going to cause all kinds of chaos and it's going to be its own obstacle for getting the movie seen, you know?
1: Yeah, and, and I don't know if it does, does anyone like, you know, there's, and, and I'll just say there's a lot of talk about, you know, what if we have a black James Bond or, or a black Batman or like mm-hmm. a black Superman? And that's, that's all fine. But what does that really do for the character? Like for me, I don't care like, yeah. like to do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Uh, like it doesn't make a difference. But if you're going to have a character be African-American, like there should be something there to say about that experience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm happy in a way that if you just, you know, race Ben Clark Kent and yeah. you just tell a Superman story, um, you know, and, and we live in America where there is a, a lot of, uh, unfortunately, we still around a lot of racism and, and opinions on that stuff. Yeah it it doesn't it doesn't go anywhere it's just like okay we have superman and he's black now like wouldn't it be more interesting to have a character like val zod that you know is a su- superman for his universe but also has to contend with being you know black and superman uh, yeah. there's just a more interesting story there like same thing like you know it, like i said if we did like a black james bond that's cool do idris elba but is that just and that's fine you could just do a james bond movie like that but isn't it more interesting uh for the audience if like there's some kind of conflict there because of the color of his skin and, and, and it reflects like a real life experience of, of a character, uh, you know, uh, yeah. color. So that, that's what I would hope they actually try to do there rather than it's lazy to just, just, uh, just, uh, you know, swap like someone's color or race, you know, yeah. for a character that exists is, is the point. I agree. You know, it's got to have some substance. And I think that's what people would want people mm-hmm. of color. I would, I, I think <clears throat> they would want that. They don't just want you know, they want something that speaks to their community. Yeah.
0: But 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 also but like, and that's what makes Warner Media's apparent plans kind of it uh, raises the old eyebrow. If they are willing to just race bend Clark Kent, like that script better be great. And they better be ready for there to be some kind of crazy backlash, also, because that's apparently all the rumors about the Abrams produced Tannahisi Coates written reboot. Is that it's either going to be a black Clark Kent or possibly an all new character entirely who's just you know a black Kryptonian who they're going to invent mm-hmm. for this reboot? And I feel like either way, you're opening yourself up to like a whole lot of negativity and questions and all this stuff that yeah. you don't S- really sadly,
1: need. Sadly, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Of course, going yeah. to open that up, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it just it doesn't it doesn't do anything to just do that like so mm-hmm. t- tell a tell a real story and um I, i'm gonna pronounce his name wrong uh can you say the author's name again
0: <laughs> todd nahisi Coates.
1: if i'm not mistaken uh he's a new york times writer that yeah, also an uh, uh, and he's also wrote black panther comics yes. so you get that writer i think you want him to write about blackness <laughs> <laughs> yeah it seems weird to just do like uh, you know and you could do not to say that you can't do Clark Kent and then add that to it, but it's just, yeah, like, why well, I don't know. It's just everyone's in it. And that's stupid, though. Is it is it a good reason not to do it because people are going to whine and get mad? I don't know. Yeah, no,
0: but <laughs> you know you know why I think about it? Because honestly, let the racists and let the people who care about skin color yeah. get all pissed off. I don't care about them. What I care about, though, is a Superman movie that meets or exceeds expectations at the box office. Because the last two times that they tried to get a solo Superman movie off the ground, you know, a solo franchise, both of those movies didn't quite live up to what the studio wanted. You know, that's Superman Returns and that's Man of Steel. You know, in the case of Superman Returns, when that didn't do what they wanted, they scrapped the the, the sequel to it. Mm-hmm. When man of steel didn't really do what they wanted to do. They went into Batman versus Superman mode. And now yeah. let's just, instead of giving him a solo sequel and focusing on him, we're going to make a Batman right movie the, with yeah, Superman in it. <laughs> and let's get to the justice league. And let's just kind of, you know, they, they kind of got this impression that like solo Superman movies don't sell. Right. And I'm like, no, you just got to write them right. And you got to, you know, mm-hmm. anyway, I'm not going to get into that <laughs> just right now, but like, Right. For me, for a long suffering Superman fan, the most important thing is that they pick a direction that actually leads to a successful launch for a Superman franchise, because I've already lived through this twice now where I think, "Okay, we're back. And then I like what's in theaters, but then no one else does. Or, you know, it's just I just want to hit and I don't want anything controversial with my Superman reboot. All right. That's how sort of shell shocked I've become at these Superman movies that kind of don't lead to the part two of the story, you know? Right. Um, But also, and before we move on from soups, I feel the need to sort of revise and update a stance that I've brought up a lot here on the show over the years. And that's about Dwayne Johnson's sort of um, commitment to using Henry Cavill as his Superman. Because I used to be convinced that since Henry is part of uh, the seven Bucks production and he's also managed by The Rock's ex-wife, Danny Garcia, and that, you know, they seem to like have some sort of friendship and working relationship. And the fact that Dwayne has been pushing for a showdown between Black Adam and Superman for freaking years, mm-hmm. I've been beating the drum that the rock is just strong enough in Hollywood. He he's one of the few internationally bankable superstars that yeah. still exist. And I've been saying that if that guy goes to Warner media and says, I want Henry to be the Superman, I fight they'll listen to him. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm not so sure anymore. I'm not so sure anymore. Cause there was, there's a recent interview, some recent comments from him That makes me wonder, like, maybe he knows something we don't, or maybe he's cooled his jets on all that. But I'm going to I'm going to read some of the comments that I've read, because, you know, he was asked about the eventual showdown between Black Adam and Superman that he keeps mentioning. And his response is interesting. In a conversation with Total Film, Dwayne Johnson said, you get one shot out of the gates to build these characters properly we paid attention to some of the pitfalls that other films had experienced in the past in the world of DC and what rightfully got a lot of fans unhappy and pissed. And as a fan, I was one of them. So that's interesting right there because he knows that Henry is connected to that world of DC. Right. And, and Dwayne himself is admitting he did not like the earlier movie. It's funny too because it's funny he's admitting it now Because for years, I was saying that. There would be lots of quotes. Because remember, he's been attached to this Black Adam movie. At some point, it might have been Lobo. At some point, it might have been Green Lantern. He's been on the cusp of doing a DC movie now for like eight years. Right. And at one point, it was even like an open contract. They told him, who do you want to play? And he got to pick between Shazam and Black Adam. So they, they, they rolled out the red carpet for him. And... Whenever they would ask him, like like once Man of Steel came out and BVS came out and Justice League was on the on the way, they would ask Dwayne Johnson, like, you know, so when is Black Adam going to mix it up with these Justice League people, blah, blah, blah. And he would always kind of put some distance between himself and what was currently happening. The, the, The phrasing was always a little bit dodgy. It was always a little bit. We'll see. And it's almost like, you know, he knew that this current slate of films was not something he wanted to have himself attached to. And that's why it's interesting now that once the Snyderverse was put more in the periphery, in the background, suddenly now is when Black Adam is moving forward. You know, and now is when he's kind of ready to come out swinging with whatever plans he has for that. And what's that line he keeps saying about the... uh,
1: Oh yeah, the, the 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 hierarchy of power is about to change in the DCEU. He yeah. he loves saying that. But you know, uh, one thing. I mean, he could also like he he was hyping up Henry Cavill. Now he like he you said, he's getting a little soft on it. But it could just be a masterful manipulation because yeah. maybe it is going to happen, and now he yeah. wants to get everyone's hopes down. Yeah, maybe only to do that. I mean, it but, could but, be. but but
0: but there is more to the quote because they sure. were asked speci- He was asked specifically about Henry and all that. And um, so, whatever. So, he said, so let's make sure we respect tradition and mythology, but let's not be handcuffed creatively. We can do anything if we keep the audience first. So, to me, there's a battle that's going to go down one day between Black Adam and Superman. I don't know who that Superman is going to be, and I don't know who's going to play him. That's okay. I don't need to know right now, but I'm confident in knowing that. And that's based out of what fans want. So we work backwards from there. So that's interesting. It looks mm-hmm. like to him, this Black Adam thing is all about getting to the Superman fight. Right? right? The, the way he said that, he said, We work backwards from the fans wanting to see Black Adam and Superman. So that's like, that seems to be the germ of a lot of what he wants to get to. Right. And yet, you would think a guy with his bluster and his clout and his star power. If he said in an interview, well, my Superman is Henry Cavill. So that's who I'm fighting. You know, he he could say that if that was if that was the current plan. The fact that now he's like, I don't know who it's going to be. And honestly, it's it doesn't matter who it ends up being. To me, that means that like, okay, I guess maybe those talks have happened that he knows the Henry thing is either not happening or it's a snowball's right. chance in hell and he's not exactly fighting for it. He's not, you know, putting his neck on the line to get Henry the gig, you know. So that makes me feel like if if, if Dwayne Johnson was indeed the 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 last hope for us to see Henry Cavill Superman again, that quote did not instill confidence. Right. So that's why I just wanted to kind of mention that update what I'm thinking about the return of Henry In terms of the state of Superman on film, there's so little concrete to go on right now. You know, on the last episode of this show, I mentioned that Coates was supposed to turn in his draft of the reboot in December. So I don't know if he stuck to that, but I find it interesting now that here we are in February and there hasn't been a single word about movement on this reboot. So I just I'm wondering if lots of people are wondering if maybe that just went the way of many other DC projects that they announced and then just mysteriously never happened. Like that Steven Spielberg Black Hawk movie or all that sort of Yeah, they, They've announced so many movies that have never happened. Ava DuVernay's New Gods. I mean, I could go on. I know. So, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with the with this Abrams reboot, but we haven't heard one word about the the, the script from Coates. And I am pretty confident at this point, though, that we will, you know, Henry Cavill's time as soups is more than likely behind us. But let's see. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But speaking of people being wrong, Brett, what sort of crap have you been hearing about the Batman lately?
1: So this is anecdotally off Twitter. But we got a couple. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the greatest uh, the greatest cesspool on the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's been a couple a couple little uh, revelations about the movie. So we do know that the runtime is clocking in at like uh, two hours, I think, in 47 minutes, not including credits. Ooh. <laughs> <It's> very specific. <laughs> yeah. So immediately we start getting all the people coming out. It's too long. It's too long. It's too long. It's too long. And listen, I didn't like look through their tweets to see if they said that about other movies. But yeah. I just feel like – you were probably okay with Endgame. You were probably okay with infinity war. You were probably okay with a lot of these other three hour superhero movies. Yeah. And I just want to kind of, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. And like the negativity, it's just like the hot takes just aggravate me to no end, but it's just, if the movie is paced well and it's a good film, it's not going to feel like three hours. We know yeah. that I've sat through so many three hour films and listen, I've sat through ones that were not paced well and you felt, and you were like, okay, is it almost over this movie? Yeah. Too long. Um, uh, I could think of a couple of Judd Apatow comedies that have uh, overstayed their welcome, <laughs> even though I, I do like him. Uh, but you know, then y- you, you look at something like you know Endgame, which is like almost three hours, and uh, that movie thrilled me from start to finish. So yeah, um, uh, I think uh, Spider Man No Way Home was about two and a half hours too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That was and, a long hey, one. Uh, tremendous. Uh, it yeah. did not matter because they they knew how to pace. They knew how to get the the emotional roller coaster going and. You know, when when, when you're excited, I mean, that stuff flies. It really does. So I think everyone needs to just calm down about that. And then the other thing is we just found out that uh, the Batman's budget was around $100 million, which is, like, very small compared to, obviously, these Marvel films. And, you know, the first and And, I mean, a lot of the early
0: DCEU movies were over $200 million. Oh, easy,
1: easy. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I don't know if if that's just production budget and that doesn't include paying actors and stuff. But, you know, you look at some of these, like, Marvel films and it's like like Endgame like well you had to pay Mark Ruffalo Scarlett yeah. Johansson Robert Downey Jr. So I imagine Chris Evans I mean everybody yeah. I imagine that inflated the, the the budget a little bit and um you know one thing to look at is the Batman for the most part what we've seen from the trailers I don't know it's what we've only seen little snippets but it seems to be mostly practical effects not a lot of CG and I think that keeps the cost down but I see all these takes on there that it's only a hundred million. They're not doing the character justice. It's not going to be a good film, like these ridiculous hot takes because the It's yeah. like maybe Reeves is just really good at managing costs and money and which will make the studio very happy and means that the movie will make more profit so mm-hmm. even if for some reason that movie uh does not bring in the uh billions and billions that i'm sure warner brothers wants it'll probably still turn a very hefty profit which spells you know uh good news for possible sequels um, absolutely he's he's thinking about they're focusing on this but they do have an outline and of, of course they announced like 40 spinoffs um so hopefully those actually come to fruition and don't end up like those announced movies that all yeah went to development hell but i just wanted to make a comment about that like Cut it with the hot takes. You've seen a couple of trailers. Even if you if you don't like the suit, wait till you actually see it in action. And you can still not like it. That's fine. I don't I don't I'm not mad about anyone's opinions. Have your opinion, but wait till you see the film yeah stop with this it's not uh, because you know what listen if they announced the runtime was shorter then everyone would be complaining oh it's only an hour and 45 minutes and they announced all these characters in it how are they going to do it justice uh panic 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 yeah and i'm just i'm tired of it it's at this point, I'm like, I wonder if these are real people or they're just, like, like AI bots that are just there to troll. Yeah. Because we do know those exist. They, they, they do. They read the algorithm and just troll everybody and get everyone fired up, but... Yeah. I just... I can't believe these are real thoughts sometimes. Like... You yeah, can take take one second to step back and have a little common sense. So, hundred million dollar budget. Uh, first of all, hundred million dollars still a lot of money.
0: Well, and, but but on top of that, <laughs> honestly though, that just means that Matt Reeves understood the assignment. Okay, yeah. When he took the job in January of twenty seventeen, Warner was hemorrhaging money with these DCEU movies. Yeah. They were dropping so much money on you know, on Man of Steel and on BVS. They spent like north of 500 million dollars on those just those two movies and when the box office returns weren't what they were expecting one of the things that they were trying to do was cost cutting measures you know we need to make these movies more affordable
1: i'm sure that was part of the pitch from reeves was like yeah i can make you a good yeah he's like i'm gonna make you this much money exactly (laughs)
0: listen the the take i'm gonna have is more grounded and realistic i can make it for 100 mil and you know, we'll be off to the races. Listen, so,
1: Batman doesn't have heat vision, he doesn't fly. Yeah. Um, you know, also, even just like a small little anecdote, you know, uh, people may not know this, but in the Snyder films, um, in a lot of the scenes, Superman and Batman's capes were actually CG, yeah. They so, like, that's money, that's <laughs> this money. Is, this is all money, folks, yeah. And every, again i'm not saying i don't know everything about the production of this film but everything i've seen so far he's looks like he's wearing all full costume he's got capes on um they we've seen shots and behind the scene footage that have leaked out of like actual stunt drivers doing like a lot of the driving it's not all cg and uh, i think the i think the guy is just a professional he knows how to do it he knew or or like you said he just he had a vision and Mm -hmm. to make the vision happen this is what he needs so yeah. let's not all freak out. <laughs>
0: and, and then also just you know, going back to the thing about the running time. I actually think that it comes from righteous indignation about there was a big backlash about Zack Snyder's Justice League being four hours. And there was and then going back a little further, there was a whole ordeal about the fact that the original cut of Batman versus Superman was three hours long. But at the time, Warner Brothers was so hell-bent on getting things shorter that they chopped off a half hour and the theatrical cut of BVS greatly suffered, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have the Joss Whedon cut of Justice League that had that mandate. It has to be under two hours, right? right? And they made it an hour. Joss Whedon's like, here's an hour and 59 minutes. Like, just to you know, <laughs> hammer the point home. All right, fine. You want it under two hours? There you go. So I think people is, you know, Folks who loved the Snyderverse and the original DCEU, I think they're angry at that. Well, why does Matt Reeves get to make a three hour movie and everyone's celebrating?
1: That's, yeah, that's I think a they're a little point. salty. I you think know there's what I mean? a little bit of that. Of that- crowd uh, yeah and And,
0: and on top of that too like you know a big part of the thing was the tone oh bvs is so grim dark Zack snyder so dark have you seen those batman trailers they look you know pretty dark pretty (laughs) adults
1: looking pretty heavy (laughs) yeah so
0: so i think like it, it just looks like they're contradicting themselves they look hypocritical when a few years ago they're like it has to be lighthearted and it has to be under two hours right. and matt reeves is like here's something it looks damn near rated r and grim dark and i'm gonna clock in at just about three hours right. you know so i think i think it's i think a lot of it has to do with that where just a couple years ago, they were putting all these restrictions on Snyder and, and doing all this stuff to overhaul everything. And now all of that seemingly has gone out the window and Matt Reeves got to do whatever he wanted. So I think people are a little pissed about that. It is what it is, exactly. but
1: it is what at it the is. end of the
0: day, am I worried about a two hour and 15 minute movie? Absolutely not. Like listen, you said, I'll as be long worried long as when it, I see it, it,
1: if it's not good, <laughs> you know, yeah. then I'll say, okay, listen, it did not need to be this long. I mean,
0: that's my only thing with long movies. I like long movies. I've seen plenty in the last five, 10 years. You know, I, that does not deter me. What worries me though is if it is really kind of dark, and a slog and not that, like not a very fun ride. Right. Three hours can be a long time. You know, remember, remember how long the three hours of the BVS ultimate cut, Co- you know, the ultimate edition feels, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like, I just hope that he nailed it. I think he did. I think he did. But whenever I hear two hours and 50 minutes, I just hope that like, you know, th- they got the pacing, right. They got the edit, right. Cause that could feel like six hours or it could feel like two. Listen, so it,
1: it could be six hours of WrestleMania, you know? <laughs> no, wow. More. Bringing it back. If you're a long time listener, that's a deep yeah, cut.
0: <laughs> that's a deep cut to the Revengers. And one time when Brett came over to watch WrestleMania and neither one of us w- was prepared for the
1: fact that it was six hours. And I'll tell you that the pacing, not, not that great. <laughs> not that great. If the pacing was better, might not have hated six, six hours you know? of it. So,
0: you know, you know? um, yeah. But what I sticking on the themes of things that we love, not the things we hate, is just about everything that Matt Reeves says about this movie coming out just raises my hype levels up to like no end. He's had like every right thing to say because he he's been doing like a full court press interviews for Total Film and all kinds of different outlets are doing features on the Batman right now and you know batman on film is doing a great job covering them i don't know if you, everyone visit batmanonfilm.com to get all your batman stuff because bill is killing it over there yeah. but every time he puts up an article focusing on the latest batch of quotes from reeves i just sit there reading going yes yes <laughs> Yes, you're making the exact Batman movie that I've been waiting years to see. Stop making so much sense. Yeah, like, stop this. Because I remember even, like, years ago, I remember when I was writing at uh, Latino Review, we were doing, uh, like, you know, who we would want to direct Batman. And I said, I want, like, a David Fincher Batman movie. I'd love a Batman that's, like, seven. A Batman that's, you know, this deep, gritty, detective, noir thing and that's the movie we're getting. That's what Matt Reeves is giving us. And, like, I don't know. Do you know this about me? That I have an obsession with serial killers and true crime and all that stuff? I
1: don't know if I did know that. About oh, you. well, so now you weird. do.
0: <laughs> I have a huge obsession with serial killers and true crime. And, like, you know, I, I read up on them, I listen to podcasts about them all week long. I'm obsessed. So, when. Reeves went into more detail about his decision to base the Riddler loosely on Zodiac. That got my attention. And I want to share these quotes because it's all just right up my alley once again. And for anyone else who's into this stuff, this is going to be a pretty special movie, folks. But here's what he said. Early on, this idea of doing a serial killer story popped into my head. And I started thinking about superheroes, the idea of wearing costumes I read Mindhunter. It made me think of the Zodiac Killer and how he actually wore this primitive costume that really is a primitive superhero costume, a rogues gallery costume. And I was like, oh, that's really scary. The idea of people really wearing masks and withholding their identities and terrorizing people and how scary that is. I mean, that right there, like that just tells you like Riddler's not going to it's not Jim Carrey's Riddler, folks. You know, this is not going to be just some like I'm a villain with a one directional you know, with a one dimensional you know, uh, plot. And, you know, th- this is going to be creepy under your skin sort of stuff. And then he keeps going. He goes, not just a serial killer. He definitely has a political agenda. There's a terrorist aspect to him. He's indicting the city for what it is. And one of the things he's doing with each of these crimes is he's attacking the so-called legitimate pillars of the city. The whole point of it was to put Batman on the path of trying to solve a mystery that was not only going to reveal the history of the city and why it's so corrupt, but that also is going to turn at a point and become actually quite personal. Like Hearing that, I'm like, I need this movie in my veins now. Um, Does any of that do anything for you, Brett?
1: It does, it does a lot for me, um, and, uh, you know, like you were mentioning, that aspect, and they, they kind of hinted at it if you've been keeping up with the trailers. Maybe, maybe you haven't been because you've been trying to, you know, keep radio silent on yeah. it. But um, there, there are some lines in there, uh, I assume from Paul Dano's Riddler, uh, that are, are saying that, Bruce has something to do with this—that um, you know he has to pay for like the sins of his family and stuff. So uh, I've actually—I'm a pretty big fan of the Earth One uh, Batman mm. Earth One comics, yeah. um, and uh, I, I can't remember which volume. I, I have all three, but I've actually only read Volume One and Two. But uh, you could tell if you read that they are taking quite a bit of inspiration for the Riddler from. Uh, Batman Earth One, mm. and and from Batman, uh, you yeah. can tell just how how he's a little more reckless, a little more kind of has a little bit of a death wish, yeah, a little, maybe a little sloppy at, at points, and uh, it is a very much a detective story. The Riddler's perfect for that, but one of the little revelations in that is that. Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne always depicted as these amazing you know charitable figures that mm-hmm. you know uh, you know obviously you know <clears throat> good parents and and donate to the city and and they allude in in, in the recent trailer too that uh, his Parents, uh were very charitable yeah and, does, and he's kind of a recluse Bruce hasn't really been doing that yeah but anyway the big revelation is that Thomas Wayne might not have been as squeaky clean uh as he's always depicted and in, in earth one uh they do reveal that he did have some ties to I think it was actually carmine Falcone or at least yeah. like some mobsters in Gotham, so that could be part of the revelation is that you know as good as Thomas Wayne was maybe some of that money wasn't clean maybe some yeah. of it was blood money and it it, it really it, it, you know We always talk about Batman and Bruce Wayne as this dichotomy, these two different people, and it almost gives uh, – rather than just Batman a villain, it gives Bruce Wayne a villain, and it gives Bruce Wayne a motivation maybe to start – stop being a recluse, to come back out, start trying to take over and, and learn how to protect his city as Bruce Wayne as well. And it becomes almost like a redemption arc for his family rather than just um, let me just keep the goodwill of my family going, but no, I have to save my name. And that's yeah. just like a deeper story. It's just more personal. Um, I mean, so, uh, that's where it seems like where it's going. Yeah. So it, it seems pretty cool. I hope I hope that is kind of what shit what shakes out.
0: I mean, imagine the, 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 the conflict, the crisis of character he'll have when he realizes, wait a minute, my family is perhaps responsible for some of this criminal element that I'm out here yeah. beating up every he, night. He
1: says something in the trailer to Alfred, I think, too, where he goes, he says, like, eh, you lied to me. Uh, I think there's like a line in one of the trailers, like a little quick cut. And he says, you lied mm-hmm. to me, Alfred. And uh, yeah, I, mean, I think that, I think that might be where it's going. And, and that, that's really intriguing to me. And uh, with yeah. like Matt Reeves and with Robert Pattinson at the helm, yeah. uh, you know, uh, playing Batman, I think that's going well, that and, and, to be. well. There,
0: and there's a couple of variations that there's a couple of versions. I've seen that play with Thomas Wayne being a little on the underworld side. If I'm not mistaken, the long Halloween, uh, position him as a mob doctor like one of those doctors who like if the mob didn't want to bring someone to the hospital because there was a crime he'll patch them up at wayne manor and he's doing like under the table work with the falcones i'm pretty sure i saw that in the long halloween or correct about and then and even did you ever play the telltale batman game I, um,
1: I, tr- I tried, but it was like really buggy and glitchy. And I, ah, uh,
0: first of all, <laughs> it's really good, yeah. and second of all, it also plays with that idea of Thomas Wayne not being this lily-white figure, and actually, it it recontextualizes the murder of Thomas and Martha as a mob hit for something gone wrong that, like Falcone, sent Joe Chill. To, you know, to deal with them over a a crime dealing or something that went wrong.
1: That's very
0: cool. So, yeah, so so I'm with you on it's going to be interesting to see that play out on the big screen because we haven't seen that yet. So far, the Thomas Wayne situations that we've seen are both parents are these heroic martyr type figures Mm -hmm. for young Bruce. And without them, he's this lost, you know, um, you know, lost creature so to speak. But this time we're going to find out perhaps that the Wayne's uh, you know, I, I have somehow contributed to the endless corruption of Gotham. So I, I can't wait to see how, you know, Batman deals with that knowledge. Yeah. And uh, no, there's just so many psychological layers and, and I could, we're, we're going to be talking lots of Batman in the next month. So yeah, in the lead up to its release. So for now, we're going to move on from there. We're a month away. <laughs> There's a lot to say, but right now I'm going to move on because sticking in the realm of Gotham City and all that sort of stuff, but switching mediums a little bit into the video game world, there's there were some news about that Suicide uh, Squad game that you wanted to talk about, right, Brett?
1: That's correct. Yeah, so uh, we know, uh, obviously, um, the studio Rocksteady made some beloved games. Uh, Batman Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight. Which I uh,
0: started playing again recently, by the way.
1: Oh, uh, very good. I actually replayed <laughs> Arkham Asylum uh, a couple months ago. Um, and, nice. Uh, wow, it was a nice revisit. But uh, anyway, you know, very beloved games. They, they you know, obviously they have uh, Mark Hamill as the Joker mm-hmm. returning in that Um they have Kevin Conroy as Batman. Uh, Paul Dini, I also think, at least for Arkham Asylum, was a part of writing that. So it's it's got a very Batman animated series feel. And, oh, yeah. Uh, they're just beloved, awesome combat systems. So anyway, uh, Rocksteady's been kind of like, a, they were a little radio silent for several years after Arkham Knight, and they re- did reveal like a, uh, probably a think uh two years ago that they are working on a suicide squad game which is going to be largely probably like a very arkham feeling game but um you can play as four different members of the suicide squad it's going to have co-op open world and it's actually called suicide uh suicide squad kill the justice league so the whole plot is that the justice league is kind of like brainwashed or something i think i think they showed it might be brainiac Mm. they're all possessed so they actually have to like stop the justice league so they're going to be going up against like the flash wonder woman superman really really cool idea Anyway, uh that game was supposed to come out this year and uh I don't think they've said anything yet, but all the official reports I read from Jason Schreier on um uh Bloomberg that uh it seems like it's gonna quietly slip into twenty twenty three. Uh obviously I think the pandemic has had a big effect on games development. Um but you know, just a a very big it was a pretty high profile game we're expecting this year and uh, you know, especially tying in now, we just had the new Suicide Suicide. I keep like having a weird list of uh, Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> yeah, um, you know that came out that was pretty pretty beloved recently, and uh, you know the synergy behind that really great. Looks like it's going to slip. Um, we also have um, another game uh, which I think is by W B Montreal, who is the team that did Arkham Origins. Origins, yep. Um, which I actually uh, people are like weird about the game, but I actually really enjoyed the game a lot. Mm-hmm, it was very, me very too. Good. Um, they're working on a Gotham Knights uh, game, which is um, also a co-op, kind of RPG, Arkham-style game, open world, that's going to be uh, have Robin, uh, Red yeah. Hood, Nightwing, and Batgirl playable. Um, that, so far, is supposed to still come out this year. Uh, we haven't heard anything about that slipping. I hope it okay. makes them. Actually, for me, personally, I think I'm a little more excited for that one uh, than uh, Suicide Squad, but... Uh, that's that's where we're at right now so yeah. we're gonna get some cool dc games but it looks like we have to wait a little bit longer for that rock steady one which I think uh, is the one everyone really really wants but uh, yeah hopefully hopefully we get gotham knights this year
0: well you know what i really really want brett what do you really, right? really want i don't want to hear about suicide squad games i don't want to hear about arkham knight games whatever i want a, i want a goddamn superman video game okay in it's this age to make one <laughs> no it's not you it's... can do it
1: I want a a remake of Superman 64.
0: Oh, no, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) No, you really don't. One of these days, I'll tell you the story about how I ended up walking around inside the cartridge as the main title character, as Superman. It was great. (laughs) Uh, But no, like, that's another, just like with the movies, I want to smack people around, being like, everyone else is getting their own baller adaptations, and my boy Superman is sitting here on the bench. I want an open world Superman game where he could fly to different parts of the earth. His central hub is the fortress of solitude where he doesn't have a health bar. The people he's saving and the place he's saving has a health bar. And that's how you establish his mission. I mean, I have a whole Superman game in my head. We've had, that we've had somebody a lot of needs to make. Us. Yes. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yes, yeah, so not to jump on your thing about Suicide Squad and Arkham Knights, but all it does is make me think of like, oh, we that's great, but where is my epic Superman game that I've never gotten?
1: <laughs> but okay,
0: while we're on this video game kick, there's also been a lot of consolidation, a lot of mergers and purchases going on, right? How do you yeah, feel about so that, so this Fred? is
1: a very, very big topic. Yeah. If you're into games at all, the last two weeks have been pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The main thing I want to talk about is the consolidation of the video game industry. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> it's not a good I mean, thing. the same
0: thing's happening in the film industry. Disney bought Fox, and that led to lots of yeah. layoffs, and it hurt movies. But Star now Wars, Fox. I yeah. Mean, you know, now Marvel. it's happening in the video game world.
1: Now the video game world. So recently what happened was, uh, I think it was about a, a week or two weeks ago at this point, Microsoft purchased Activision Blizzard for the cool sum of, I believe, $68.7 billion. Billion! Um, Now, uh, overall, the consolidation um, is just not great, because now you're going to have these, you know, and I should just continue quickly. This week we found out Sony purchased the developer Bungie, uh, who you'll remember actually created the Halo franchise when they were owned by Microsoft, then (laughs) went independent, then went under Activision, which now Microsoft just purchased, but then they broke their contract and went independent again from Activision oh, and wow. are now owned by Sony. So, really wild story. It's like really crazy. So, these are the two things, things that happened, and jim ryan who's the head of sony worldwide studios did come out and say that there are more acquisitions for sony coming it's part oh wow so we know with uh microsoft right now with the xbox they have game pass so obviously Mm -hmm. purchasing studios for them and and they're kind of trailing behind nintendo and sony right now they they didn't have a great go last generation playstation kind of kind of gave them a run for their money um they lost they didn't really have any exclusives coming out so Mm -hmm. now they were able to go ahead and purchase these studios. They have all these studios now to build games. Activision Blizzard, let's uh, not forget, the, they make huge franchises like oh, yeah. Diablo, Call of Duty. Uh, they also own some smaller studios like Toys for Bob, who also did like the Crash Bandicoot reboot recently. Yeah. And... Um, I think they did, like, a Spyro the Dragon trilogy. Um, and they have a couple of other odds. And yeah, well, oh, Activision
0: also, is huge.
1: They also own King, who is the uh, maker of Candy Crush for mobile, which we know makes ah. um, Buku bucks. So Microsoft just acquired a lot. But now you have all of these um, studios under one house. So obviously they have the – and they just bought Bethesda, what, like uh, two years ago for $7 billion? So that's uh, Elder Scrolls, uh, Skyrim, um, Yeah. Doom, Wolfenstein. So, I mean, you see they're bolstering their Game Pass portfolio. They want you to subscribe. Now they have all these games exclusive. But now it's like these used to be multi-platform games. Uh, You know, they're still releasing some across multi-platform. But now you have to go to Microsoft if you want to play them. So it just becomes kind of crappy for gamers. It splits up communities. They say they don't want to do that. But eventually... They're gonna like why are they gonna give it to Sony when they could just keep it on their platform and make you subscribe and just keep getting you money every month? Yeah, um, now Sony we know is also working on some kind of uh game pass um uh rival uh it's like codename Project Spartacus or something, but we're expecting that to get um announced probably in the next couple of months, which is going to be some kind of enhancement probably to PlayStation Plus. So there'll be different tiers you have the regular online tier, you get the higher tier, you maybe you get access to a bunch of uh you know old PS3 and like PS2 yeah. games. Or something, and then there might be like a higher tier where you start getting some, you know, PS Five, you know, current current gen games. So overall, it's like you're just having these two huge monster companies that are just starting to buy up and snatch up all these little guys, and eventually, yeah, it is just going to be this completely split market. You're gonna for the consumer, it's not going to be good because. You're going to have to. I, I know a lot of people, uh, if you're blessed enough and have the money and time, you can own maybe more than one system. But for some people, it's not in the cards. And now, if you want to really play everything that's coming out, you're going to be split onto these different ecosystems. It's just, you know, like you said, yeah. they're going the way of Hollywood. It's yeah. a very, very dangerous thing. Um and I'm I'm a little scared. Uh, the one bright side that I will say on this though is, um, Activision Blizzard has had a ton of allegations over the last year. Uh, sexual.
0: Well, that's almost, a good thing. <laughs>
1: yeah, sexual assault. That's allegations. the bright side. Yeah. Well, on the bright, well, I'll, I'll get to the bright side. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. that's not good. To <laughs> on, the alleg- side, on the bright
0: side, Activision's been had. touching people.
1: So they've had sexual assault allegations, obviously, yeah. uh, pay discrepancies, uh, diversity issues, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you, you, you go through it. Um, and you know, their CEO, Bobby Kotick is a real, uh, grade a piece of crap. And uh, just super rich, gets these disgusting bonuses every year while people are underpaid at the company and um, just does not want to step down even though everyone's calling for it. They're trying to unionize there. So the only good thing that might come out of this is Microsoft seems to have really created a really nice workplace. And all the studios that yeah. have been purchased by them are seeing improvements in their work-life balance and, mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. So that's the only good thing is I'm kind of happy for <laughs> Activision Blizzard. They might be able to actually fix some of these issues. Supposedly Bobby Kotick is going to leave and step down. Down when this when yeah. this transaction is finished in uh I think next year March 2023 is when it should actually wrap up for end of Microsoft's fiscal um, so it's it, it's good for them but it, it at the end of the day, it's still just a really really uh scary prospect yeah. that all this is happening. So well, i do hope for those studios like that things do get better. Uh i hope like these studios that are making these call of duty games maybe get to make something else cuz i'm sure they're sick of being on the there's three studios making call of duty games on a 3 year cycle. So yeah. like one releases then they work for 3 years while the other one comes out, the other one comes out. yeah Um I, there's a million studios working on these games. I'm sure they're just sick of it. And microsoft to tell you the truth doesn't need to have a billion-dollar Call of Duty release every year, so maybe it'll also allow some of these other studios to make some new new IPs. We'll get some new games, and maybe see—that's the which,
0: optimist in you. Yeah, There's no the way thing. these people thought of that. They, they bought the IPs, so they're like, "I bought Call of Duty. <laughs> I want a Call of Duty game every three months." All right, yeah.
1: you know, gonna, I, I I understand that. I don't. I, and that's what I thought too. I'm like, why would they want to give up? It's the best-selling game every year. Yeah. But at the same time, they just don't need it. They just need you to subscribe to Xbox Game Pass and get that recurring income. And then maybe, yeah, they can say, hey, you know what? We're going to just have two studios work on Call of Duty and they'll do it every other year so they get a longer development cycle. They're not Mm -hmm. crunching. They can have better single player campaigns because apparently those have been take sliding down uh the last couple of years some of them didn't even have a single player campaign because yeah. they, they only had three years to turn it around and they just you know hey the money's in the multiplayer yeah um so it's just it's just a really wild thing so i'm happy for activision blizzard in a way i hope things get better for those people there but um it's just scary that this is going that and we're going to see more happening so see it's,
0: uh... my, i have a weird sort of like i i, I acknowledge all the bad but believe it or not, there's a part of this that I like because I, I still remember when systems thrived because of their exclusives, where each system had its own identity. You know, there were certain games when I was when I was coming up, there were certain games that were only on PlayStation certain, you know, just like Nintendo has always had its exclusives. But like certain things were just Sony, certain things were just Xbox, and it gave each device its own identity. And it really made you and you had to consider, well, what do I really want? And if I really want to play all these games, yeah, I have to own both systems. But you know what? It behooves each company to have their own stuff. And to me, these last couple generations of game systems have been hurt by the fact that there's been hardly any exclusives. Like basically PlayStation and Microsoft for the last like eight or ten years, it's just about which hardware delights you the most. The actual libraries Mm -hmm. are virtually identical. And to me, like, you know, I, I just feel like I liked when each system had its own you know, hook. And the fact that now we might go there, we're like, all right, if I want Microsoft, this is what Microsoft is about. And if I want Sony, this is what Sony is about. You know, so I know it's kind of a narrow way to look at it because there are larger ramifications than that. But I'm just going to say, I don't hate the idea of everyone having their own key exclusives. Again, it's what makes them special. You know, I remember like for me, like when I decided I wanted to get a PlayStation, which was a big deal for me because I had been a lifelong Nintendo fanboy who I only ever owned a Sega Genesis. Everything else was Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo. When I finally made the choice to get a PS2, it was because the PS2 has the Resident Evil games and GTA and the SmackDown wrestling games, and that's the only place I can get them. I'm going to get that machine. You know, I just, I think that there's something to that about this is what is on this system. You know what I mean? I think the exclusives yeah. have some value. And I,
1: I think it, they do have value. And, and it's cool when, you know, Sony has their internal studios that do that and Microsoft has their mm-hmm. Microsoft game studios that do that. You know, you have your Halos and, yeah. and your Fables and uh, Forza is big on Xbox, just name a couple. PlayStation, you have, uh, you know, God of War, uh, yeah. you know, uh, Uncharted, Last of Us yeah um, uh the spider-man is now exclusive so yeah Insomniac games but now they're buying so many companies that what used to be third parties are now under their two and now now it's like too many exclusives yeah they're, they're too walled off they're, yeah. there's got to be like a happy medium so it's and yeah, i just love we'll that like,
0: like i love it two weeks ago it was a you know, microsoft buys bungie for all the money in the world and then last week, it's, you know, Sony bought, no, no, what, what did they buy? It was Microsoft, Microsoft bought Activision, Blizzard. and then Sony bought Bungie.
1: And right? then said, there's more coming.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> so there's more coming. And then this week, there's headlines from Nintendo going, we're good. Yeah. And <laughs> we're not looking to buy anybody. We're Nintendo
1: fine. It was like, yeah, when it makes sense, you know. Yeah. Like they, they don't, That's they always don't been to. their thing. Yeah. yeah, they
0: always just like, listen, you guys go for the cutting edge tech, and you guys try to do this. Yeah. We're gonna be here making Mario and Zelda games for a while. Okay. And it's, so you're working. Yeah, it's working. working. You know, yeah. You know. We're using you using tech from five, ten years ago, but people are still buying. The Switch just officially outsold the Wii, I think.
1: Yeah. So they know hit what over they're doing. Million units.
0: They know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but speaking of people knowing what they're doing, uh the rock has a really good knack for picking projects and it sounds like he's found another video game that he'd like to adapt. Because remember he was in doom and wasn't he, he what was he in any other video did game? Doom,
1: they did rampage.
0: Yes. Which is
1: actually from that. And yeah. He, uh, did he do anything else or he just did doom and rampage?
0: I mean, Jumanji is video game Jumanji based, but it's not based on a game. A game. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: But uh yeah. So, but now the, the, the big rumor I mean, because he said it, right? He said it on, like, on Twitter or yeah. somewhere. He tweeted
1: that. He was like, I'm doing another video game movie adaption.
0: For a game I've been playing for years. He said the so power now...
1: hierarchy in video games is about to change.
0: <laughs> the power hierarchy. The hierarchy of it's video power,
1: games.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, so what w- what are the rumors, Brett? What what have you been hearing out there? I've been speculating
1: on what this may mean. Uh, the big front runners are is we we actually know already that Activision has been working on developing a Call of Duty movie. So, mm-hmm. um, and uh, actually, one I should say, one of the parts of his quotes, too, was that it's a, a really badass game. Mm-hmm. And it's one that he's played for years. So, it's not something okay. we do. It's something that's been. Yeah, so we and it's know that. badass. And it's badass. Yeah. Okay. So, the first thing was like, okay, Call of Duty, because we know that's a yeah. production. And yeah. Activision loves even signing on celebrities to star in their games. Like, Christopher yeah. Maloney was in a Call of Duty. Uh, Kevin Spacey ugh, was in one. And, um, you know, a couple other big celebrities. Yeah. So, it's very likely that. Uh, The other thing that came out, though, is that uh, supposedly a Gears of War movie has been Mm. in development, and The Rock has the build of all those big jacks guys in that game, so that could also work very well. The other thing that I thought of was uh, possibly – I don't – this hasn't been announced or anything, but I'm sure they're thinking of it – a Fortnite movie, because The Rock, believe it or not, is a character in Fortnite, but not as himself. He's a character called The (laughs) Foundation, and – they could totally go ahead and make a Fortnite but, movie. But does
0: the movie. Fortnite count as badass and been around for years?
1: I mean, it's been around for a couple of years now. But I do don't you know picture the Rock
0: taking time from the from the Black Adam set to play <laughs> Fortnite and do the right. Carlton? I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I, I understand why you'd think that because it is a hot IP right now. But I don't see it. I see Gears of War. I see Call of Duty. Well, you know, this is just the nerd in me, but... Let's
1: have a little you fun know. with this, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, hang on, let's you Let's talk know. some out of the box.
0: <laughs> in Gears of War, hang on, with Gears of War, you always have, like, three main huge meathead guys, right? It's usually, like, three big brolic dudes, right?
1: I think I know where you're going with this. <laughs>
0: hang on, hang on, listen to me. And we have three professional wrestlers <laughs> who've officially crossed over into Hollywood and are big stars hired by big directors. And you have one of them who just appeared in a Gears of War video game.
1: That's right.
0: (laughs) So what if they were to announce Gears of War with Dwayne Johnson, Dave Bautista, and John Cena as the main three guys? Can't you picture the three of them and the fatigues?
1: I think that would actually make a bazillion dollars. Uh, Right?
0: And they're all huge stars now. John Cena is a made man after Peacemaker. Batista has been blowing up with Guardians of the Galaxy, and he was in Blade Runner, and he was in Dune, and he was in James Bond. And now the Rock. Like, imagine the three of them announced for Gears of War. That would be banana to uh, reference yes. a wrestling thing. But um, <clears throat> but then Call of Duty is an interesting one, just because like I don't know. Did you ever play this the the campaigns on those?
1: I've actually I'm not a huge Call of Duty fan okay. um but I've played uh I played Call of Duty World War 2 I played that campaign okay. and I played a little bit of I believe Modern Warfare which is probably I feel like where they would probably go.
0: Yeah. With well because what I was going to say was those original Modern Warfare games cuz you know those revolutionized Call of Duty. The Call of Duty yeah. games had existed for a while but when Modern Warfare came out that's when like the world took notice, right? Yeah. And in those single-player campaigns, in all three of them, there's like a thread that goes throughout all three. There is something very Hollywood about it, you know, because you have like the ragtag group mm-hmm. of guys. You got the rookie. You have the the grizzled veteran. You have the big all set pieces. The big set pieces, all different kinds of action. You you have helicopters and jets. You have carrying your wounded partner through the fields. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's all this political intrigue. You know, in in those storylines, there was always about like overthrowing governments and dealing with dictators and the government asking you to do one thing but then there's a black ops guy asking for side missions you know like if they were to adapt from the modern warfare vein i think they actually could do a pretty awesome movie with the rock the only thing that worries me is they're going to want this thing to make bank. They're going to want this thing to be like one of those franchises. They could crank one out all the time because that's how Hollywood thinks, right? They're going to want it to be PG-13 in that case. And that just makes me wonder about like a gritty war movie at PG-13. You know, like I don't know if they could pull it off. And and if they do like, you know, take the edges off and make it less violent and make it more like commercial, then will it really work? You know what I mean? Because Call of Duty, I mean, you know, it's just it's going to be fascinating to see if that is the movie and how they choose to go forward. But to me, like if as long as they keep it tonally within those modern warfare games and you have The Rock as the central guy in there, I think it could be a big hit. I'm just very intrigued about a PG-13 Call of Duty Hollywood franchise, you know. Right. But uh, like which one like of those three or something off the beaten path? What would you like to hear The Rock say he's doing next?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 part of me wants him to, like, I actually think Cena would probably be better for this, but part of me wants to say he's doing Duke Nukem. <laughs> uh, like, I want to see, like, somebody, yeah. like, like, a character like that come back with, like, cheesy yeah, 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 one-liners, yeah. and and uh, have a good time with that. Um, he would be
0: a, great at that, yeah. There was Cena. another
1: one on the tip of my tongue, and it, it's gone it just oh, i lost it it's gone good. to the ether but if i think about it i'll revisit it <laughs> all right
0: so on that note we're leaving this goodbye video games and now let's <laughs> talk about Spider-Man. no cuz th- th- this is kind of my like wtf of the week yeah this did you see this headline today about madam web
1: yeah I'll, so all apparently yeah <laughs> It was the cartoon. (laughs)
0: Dakota Johnson from the Fifty Shades of Grey movies, Don Johnson's daughter, uh, has apparently or has either signed on or is in talks to play Madam Web for Sony's Marvel Universe of Spider-Man characters or whatever the hell they call it now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just want to start by who the hell are you asking for a Madam Web movie? Is this for you? Are you the one?
1: I know. I'm like.
0: Did you tweet Sony and Amy Pascal and say, I need Madam Web?
1: I did not. Like,
0: who's this for? Like, when I read this, it made me think about, like, when Andrew Garfield, when those movies were still going on. And right before The Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out, there was all this talk about what's happening next. That they've already mapped out three, four, and five of those movies. And there's going to be the Sinister Six. And then there's going to be an Aunt May Movie where she's like Spider Woman thing, and there's going to be a Spider Gwen movie. Do you remember when they announced all that? Yes. Like at some point, Sony had lost its goddamn mind, which is why it was such a welcome thing when they decided to ditch all that and work with Marvel Studios and finally just bring Spidey into the MCU. Like that was like, all right, good. Now we're done with Sony trying to milk this thing for all it's worth. But now it looks like we're heading back there, <laughs> you know, because they have the Venom movies, they have Morbius, there's going to be a Craven the Hunter movie, and now there's a Madam Web. And yet in this world that they're setting up, they have not established a Spider-Man yet.
1: Yeah, it's it's wild to me. I don't it's even like, get how you're introducing Madam Webb before you introduce a Spider Man. Like, I feel yeah. like she should be introduced in a Spider Man movie and then you go back and do a Madam Webb movie. I don't know. It just, and again, the like, order of things is bizarre.
0: You're doing all these movies about peripheral characters, but you, again, you haven't established Spider Man. And yes, you could argue that in Spider Man No Way Home, they showed Tom Hardy's Venom. So, oh, maybe they could. But remember, I, 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 and I spoke about this on the last episode. You know, at the end of that movie, he gets zapped back to his Earth and the symbiote stays behind. But the implication is that symbiote is going to create a whole new Venom. So is there going to be an MCU Venom and the Tom Hardy Venom movies? And who's the Spider-Man in the Sony ones? You know, so that when they get into this stuff about Madam Web and they're trying to build out this universe, I'm like, okay, Sony, it's great that you're building a Spider-Man universe, but where's (laughs) Spider-Man? Who's Spider-Man? Because the Tom Holland one ain't going anywhere. They've already pretty much announced that he's the MCU Spider-Man pretty much for good now. So does this mean, though, now Devil's Advocate, pie in the sky, does this mean Andrew Garfield gets the call and that he could be the Spidey for these Sony-specific Spider-Man movies?
1: You know, Do you think that could happen? I, I mean, I hope so. Yeah, I
0: mean, you'd be down if they announced that tomorrow. You're jumping up and down.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm thrilled. I love Andrew Garfield. He <laughs> yeah, like stole too. No Way Home for me too. Yeah, I agree. Just about. Um, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like all these like characters are setting up in these movies, and uh, you know, I, all I can go off right now is the two Venom movies. I guess we'll see how. Um, what's the yeah. guy? What's the What's the man?
0: Morbius. Jared Morbius, Leto.
1: That man. That man. That's the man I'm talking. That about. That man. I, I'm curious the tone, uh, just because like you know the tone of the Venom movies was y- unique. I'll be nice. Um, I didn't see the second one,
0: by the way. Oof, so I just saw yeah. that. Uh,
1: <laughs> maybe maybe we could have a whole other topic on that another time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm just curious the tone because it, it does like I said, the, and you said Madame Web and you have Morbius and all these little characters. I just can't stop thinking about the '90s animated cartoon. And, yeah. And like if they're going with like that cool vibe. I think Andrew Garfield's take on the character like really jives with that like he yeah. almost reminds me of the animated series Peter Parker I don't know like he just yeah. really hit that like just with the quips and, and how he is and everything so Yeah, that that could be the way to go it, it's 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 crazy bizarre though I, I don't really understand it's just, but you know I I've mean, seen the take online too that like you know listen when Mar- Marvel when they did the phase one a lot of those characters are like Captain America Iron Man Thor they're like they were like D-list characters they, were D-list they, list they characters. turned them into the, the the A-list characters now and everyone said Marvel's geniuses and yeah you do but see I, people but I, online bashing Sony for this but Sony doesn't really have a great track record either. So.
0: They don't have a great track record but also these are like <clears throat> these aren't even B or D-list yeah, heroes these are, just... <laughs> these are the co-stars <clears throat> to a hero that they haven't established yet. <clears throat> you right. know what I mean? Yeah. They, like, yeah, it's honestly, not a
1: perfect analogy. <clears throat> yes. No I know what you mean
0: <laughs> and honestly it reminds me of what was going on in these last two years, up until they announced Michael Keaton's return where Warner right. brothers was talking about, at some point there was a Nightwing movie. There was the birds of prey. There was the Gotham city sirens. There was the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. Like, yeah, they were announcing all these different peripheral Batman characters. But meanwhile, there was no Ben Affleck Batman movies coming out right. and the Robert Pattinson Batman was seemingly going to be off on its own thing. So all of a sudden there was a, again, the, the You're going all around Gotham city showing everyone else who's there, but where's the Batman in your Batman universe, you know? And then now DC solved that by bringing Michael Keaton in. And now he's sort of like the Batman they could bounce things off of and, you know, whatever. And you're right. We have a
1: Venom (laughs) without a Spider-Man. Yeah. We We have have a a Venom that never met Spider-Man.
0: Never met Spider-Man. It does. Yeah. It's like, This is all very weird, but they're going to have to figure it out. To me, it makes no sense. How do you go to Madam Web directly? You know, like there's not enough, you know, built in organic interest in Madam Web that there's people clamoring for a Madam Web movie. To me, it only makes sense to go there once she's been a supporting player in a Spider-Man movie and the fans have loved her. You know what I mean? Or she's been set up
1: there. It seems like she would fit better just like as an ensemble character in like an Into the Spider-Verse movie
0: sure yeah like
1: that's where it makes sense yeah and, and maybe they maybe she'll be in across the spider-verse who knows yeah but um yeah it's 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 just it's very interesting it's very it's very very interesting So
0: and, and so it wasn't you though who asked for it I, I don't it know wasn't, okay it wasn't. okay I'm just trying to figure out who went to Sony and said you know what we need you know what we need you know what? a madam web movie some weird okay.
1: ancient spider goddess or whatever she is I don't even see yeah, I forget whatever. like her whole deal too
0: yeah. But you know what? I need more in my more in my life, Brett. I need more Superman and Lois. Uh, and because right now, and, and, and I want folks listening and or watching to know that whenever possible, Every week, we're going to be reviewing the DC shows that are currently running. That's something that we're going to be bringing here into the rotation of our topics on the Fanboy Podcast. And again, it won't be constant because when Superman and Lois is done and Peacemaker are done, I don't know that there's just another DC show ready in the wings that'll be running. Yeah, I forgot which but, ones are
1: still running on CW. They know Arrow's I mean, there's
0: Doom Patrol on HBO Max, which I would give a shot if, if, if their season three lines up and we could watch that. Yeah. You ever watched Doom Patrol?
1: I haven't. Um, Oh, it's pretty good. I heard it's really interesting. Um, Brendan
0: Fraser is pretty awesome. I I mean, there's a lot of goodness on there.
1: But, like, uh, is is Flash still going? Flash hasn't been canceled?
0: Flash just got renewed for a ninth season. I know
1: Arrow and Supergirl are done. And then Legends of Tomorrow is maybe on their last season.
0: I haven't been keeping up too much on that, and honestly, I'm not looking to dive too much into Arrowverse. Superman and Lois is is, as about as Arrowverse-y as I care to get. Yeah, I just
1: wanted to clarify that for everybody. Yeah, yeah. People going to be like, "Well, there's other CW shows," and I'm like, "I don't know if we're doing those." Yeah, but but, yeah.
0: To me, the point is like the ones that are like running weekly and not related to the Arrowverse. uh, (laughs) We're going to be doing weekly thoughts on those shows. So for this week. We're going to be talking about the fourth episode of Superman and Lois, followed by the sixth episode of Peacemaker. So let's start with Superman and Lois. Uh, I'll open the floor to you uh, since we're just starting this now and we've missed four episodes, or or rather we've missed three and we just saw four. Uh, Just give me a, a general recap. Through four episodes, how are you feeling about season two of Superman and Lois?
1: So something that I've said to you, uh, yeah. I believe, but I have since I haven't been in the podcast chair in a while. I haven't got to really yeah. talk to the viewers. Um, Tyler uh, Hoaklin, yeah, is my Superman. <laughs> I have to say it. He is so good. <laughs> like, yeah. he, and and uh, um, Elizabeth uh, Tulloch. Uh, Tulloch, thank you uh, as Lois. I mean, they are. They absolutely nail the characters. He has the essence of the character. He 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 looks. I see him. He's he's Superman. Yeah, he's Superman to me. Um, you know, because I never had um, you know, sacrilege, but uh, I, I never liked the campiness of the old uh Superman movies. I love Christopher Reeve in them, though. Like, I obviously yeah. he nails the character in essence. Mm-hmm. But you know, and even Henry uh love him, but I mean Tyler Ho- Hoechlin. I mean he is he is phenomenal. Like he I see him and I just feel hope. <laughs> I don't know yeah. It. So anyway, I'll go back and just do this. So I, I enjoy I loved um the first season of Superman and Lois. Um we won't rehash the whole thing here, but I absolutely loved it. Um so far in this season, uh season two, I, I really enjoy it. I love they made him such an interesting character. It's such an interesting point in his life to put him in. Yes. And uh We've see never
0: like, seen Superman in yeah, this position before.
1: Dealing with, you know, being a husband uh mm-hmm. with being a father, uh with trying to balance his responsibilities to the world. Um, they introduced him some cool stuff this season, uh, with also his response. Well, well uh what what the US thinks are his responsibilities to the United States, where he has responsibilities to the world. And um, you know, they play with that a little bit, I think, in the first season too, but it's like seems to be really happening yeah. a lot in this one. And um it's it's they've n I, I, for me he's never been more interesting of a character. And you know let that be a lesson to everybody. Like this is how you make Superman interesting Yeah, because, you know, that's always the argument, right? Like, well, he's invincible, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And, I'm more intrigued a lot of the time by more of like the drama than I am yeah. about like him doing the super fights and and, and also but people. also
0: they've kind of nerfed him a little bit and I'm good with it. He's not overpowered. You know, he gets messed up a lot. Yeah, you know, and he gets in over his head a lot and he's up against some big in the threats.
1: Fifty two a little bit too in, in the new fifty two reboot in DC Comics. Um, I know some people hated that whatever and it's like I don't know what they they did retcon some stuff. But yeah. they did kind of make him where like. Listen, still super powerful. Probably the most, like one of the most mm-hmm. powerful people in DC Universe. But he, you know, after a while, like you get a little, a little, a little, fatig- a little fatigued. Yeah, you know, like he definitely would take a couple of hits and then bounce back. But like, yeah, it just, it just makes it more interesting. Um, they've given him good threats. Uh, they've played around with the lore uh, quite a bit. Oh, I love all their additions fun. to the
0: lore, the half brother and the way like the the way they incorporated the eradicator, the way yes. this version of John Henry Irons and Steel like they've reinvented so many of the tropes from the superman mythology yeah, it's, it's really
1: yeah. really cool like these guys really know what they're doing and, and i don't even mind sometimes like you know there it's it's this this uh, out of all the arrowverse or cw shows it like feels like this one like has a foot in like real deal like serious yeah. superman stuff and then like one foot's kind of still in the cw thing and it straddles a fine line i think it does it really well like, yeah i don't even mind like you know like the the high school stuff with the kids maybe like i thought i was mellows. gonna
0: hate that yeah even like the
1: town drama this like drama of like you know the small town trying to survive yeah. in the america we live in now and like oh that's done really well like yeah they're really firing all cylinders they also did a uh episode four we got a cool little bait and switch here yeah with the villain and um, it's not who, doomsday and well who knows maybe like he, there's so or he becomes it yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Come into it i i have a theory maybe we can go into it yeah and, um but yeah like we, we could say it right um spoilers if you yeah see. spoilers
0: for for episode four Before, of season uh, two
1: we thought it was a do- doomsday uh yeah was and we turned turns out that it's bizarro bizarro, we've never, like, bizarro we've never
0: seen bizarro like that yeah bizarro yeah um,
1: really really cool um uh I could, I could dive into my little theory unless you want to add some, some stuff in first. No,
0: no, you go into your theory. Go so for it. So
1: my theory is that we will possibly get Doomsday. Um, maybe not as a villain in this season, but a setup. And I have a feeling it's going to have something to do with uh, uh, Talro Tal or Morgan Edge. Um, I have a feeling like he's going to somehow get transformed into Doomsday.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Because
1: they kept him around. They uh, did
0: keep him around, and he's clearly not not dangerous, yeah. you know, right? Yeah. Like in this episode, was it this one or the last one? I, I watched all three in a marathon earlier. So Me they all kind of, yeah. But yeah, like they've established that he's, you know, he's still, a threat and he's still got abilities. So yeah, I think he yeah. might still factor.
1: in. I think they could do a thing where uh, it's, it's Superman battling bizarro. Then Morgan edge somehow gets transformed into doomsday or something. And then it's a team up between bizarro and Superman against doomsday, which could be really, really fun and just fan servicey. But um, yeah, you know, Hey, we'll see what happens. I mean, but I love the show.
0: <laughs> there was a throwaway line. I find really interesting. Uh, I think towards the end of the third episode, the woman who's running that mine, the, the woman who's like the geologist gets yeah. on the phone and she calls, I believe she's calling the, the military, the, the, cause remember he, the, the guy who took over for Sam Lane Anderson. said yeah, Anderson yeah. said that we have Amertek down there checking out the money. So they're working for the military. Right. And so I believe she called him and she said, and I quote, something came through. And it's even more powerful than we thought. So something came through that. That sounds like there's some sort of like portal or, or there's something under those minds that people from another dimension or whatever can come in. So she said something came through and it's even more powerful than we thought. So at first I thought maybe, you know, I believe in, in, in the doomsday origin, He had like crash landed and was underground for a long time and then just finally awoke and broke through the ground. So I wasn't sure if they were trying to say he had just been there ever since that initial asteroid field and created all the yellow kryptonite. He's just been there lying dormant. But now that she said something's coming through, that means that there's like there's some active other place where this guy came from. And what's that about? you know what with, with the weird necklace he was wearing i'm i'm super intrigued man yeah um
1: they've done a great job like really like every episode i'm like i got to see what happens next it's just yeah. it really is tremendous
0: i think if i have one gripe cuz i loved season 1 pretty much unilaterally all the way through every episode was mm-hmm. like a 4 or a 5 out of 5 for me um This season, if I have any qualm, and I know that I guess, you know, it's season two, and now they've established all the characters and all the, you know, the the general arcs and plots that everyone's on. Uh, So now they feel the need to create more drama. So there's a lot of it. it, My one thing is like, everyone seems to be in some kind of conflict. Every character is sort of miserable or, or dealing with like shady awfulness like everyone's down so that th- that's the one thing where i i, I just kind of felt like i'm just feeling like all right i get it you're trying to ratchet up the drama and the conflict and the tension but like I don't know. To me, it, it is a little on the border of like, geez, this is kind of miserable. All these episodes yeah. kind of leave me feeling kind of like dread.
1: Yeah, yeah. You have, know? You yeah, have Jonathan but, but yeah, now possibly going into like a like a drug problem. Yeah. yeah
0: you have Jonathan as a drug dealer. Jordan. <laughs> I mean, yeah, drug Jordan yeah.
1: Yeah, Jonathan's a drug dealer. Jordan is, you know, like i guess they kind of resolved that but like that was but, a little but that was ri- for three
0: episodes there yeah you have sarah treating him wrong and then she yeah. kissed another girl behind his back and there's all this like dishonesty and unease and he the... wants to say the secret but that's a terrible idea yeah. like you know i don't know everyone's mad It's sad drama
1: with the, the mayoral race yeah and, uh... You know,
0: John Henry is still like in love with Lois, apparently. And it's really hard for him issues. to be around her. Yeah. yeah. It just seems like when they were mapping out the stories, they're like, let's just have everyone have the yeah. worst time of their life.
1: Lois is having issues with her sister and this like, yeah. cult leader, which uh, I mean, I think uh, this is not new, but I, it feels like a little bit of a reference to that girl that was on Smallville. That was yeah, I cult. thought of that, too. I feel like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
0: Allison Mack being part of a cult. Yeah. And I think and now the name a... is
1: Allison something, isn't it?
0: it's Allie. i didn't even think of that yeah so, wow yeah it's a little so it's bit like, of a you that
1: going on and then you obviously you have like everything you know clark's going through and yeah like and,
0: uh... and, and, then, and then again the guy running the military is super shady and morgan edge is still shady. like everyone has got an agenda we have the weird super kids it's just yeah like it just i mean listen i i'm not upset at it and i I, i'm 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 still excited to see how it all pays off but to me it is just notable that they've put every character in some real tight tough spot and i guess they just want us to be like gritting through it to get to the big payoff at the end but this season is notably a little darker and tougher on everybody you know but i'm loving it i'm loving it you know i love that it's a show that continues to have something to say Mm -hmm. and that it has a heart I like that it's not just fluff and action and, you know, oh look at Superman doing super saves and quippy one liners. I know almost everything that happens like seems to mean something. And it's kind of like saying something about society at large and some of that geopolitical stuff that he has going on with the military. You know, I just love that there's a lot. It, it, it's a show that has something to say that, that there is a point of view behind this yeah. and the point of view is very Superman it's very compassionate it's very you know it just it, the show continues to be so good that I almost don't care what happens in the movies. You know, going back to how we started this, like whether they reboot or they make a black Clark Kent or there's the Valzad HBO Max thing. No matter what happens, I've got a Superman that I could watch 15 times a year every Tuesday night. Yeah. And you know what? For Mm -hmm. a guy who's been waiting forever to have regular access to Superman. That's all I need. You know, so yeah. Superman and Lois, as long as it's it stays at this current quality, and I can't wait in the weeks to come to be able to dive in more into each particular episode and and theories and all that sort of stuff. But to me, the winning streak continues. Yeah, I just hope sure. at some point not everyone is so freaking miserable all the time. I, I hope that something pays off nicely
1: here. The, um, there's one thing I would say that's like. It feels a little bit like first season. Like, there just always seems to be, like, like in the first season, there was all these, like, Krypton, you know, consciousness going into his yes. head and all the headaches. And then, like, yeah. this one, it's just a lot of headaches and things happen to his head all the time. Yeah, like, can yeah. hurt another part of his body. But also, <laughs> the only one thing oh, I don't like, You're... and it's not even anything about, like, the show, I'm not wild about his suit. Like, okay. I feel like the neck hole is too small. I know that's mm. like such a. It should be a little wider. The emblem should be a little bigger. Yeah. And I would like a lighter blue. Otherwise, love the belt. Love everything yeah. else. Need a little brighter. See? Bigger chest yeah. emblem, wider neck. See, I and actually. I don't like the texture on it necessarily. The little dotties. Eh. No, I, I got you. I got you. And they yeah, did see, have the for... flashback in the old suit in like the yes. first season. But that was like too spandex corny also but it was cool for the flashback i loved it in the the homage to the comics but i can't see him running around in 2022 with that
0: Yeah, see me i love the suit i think it fits him perfectly i think it fits the color palette of the show because the show kind of has a little bit of that like washed out man of steely sort of faded look so i like the colors of the suit my one thing is every once in a while i want to slap the director of photography Because sometimes he's in some angle where it looks terrible, where you could see how padded it is. And he's like, he looks all square and bunchy and he's clearly on cables and it doesn't look right.
1: Right. Like
0: sometimes I want to be like, nobody thought we should film that again. Or yeah, we we need to tweak that. You know, every once in a while, there's just a shot where it looks like total, like it doesn't fit him and he's dangling on a wire. And what are we doing? But aside from that, you know, I yeah, I think I'm cool with the design. Such a
1: for a show that I absolutely love and cannot yes. wa- wait to watch each, yes. each episode. these episodes. Which I, cannot, I can't believe, I can't believe that I'm... And, and not because, like, I ever hated Superman and didn't like him, but... Hey, like, but you've
0: never cared.
1: I, He's never yeah, been your thing. I've never, like... I do not say I never cared, but yeah, he hasn't been my thing. But, like, the fact that I'm, like i'm very invested i'm very invested in the show and the characters i have to say like, and that's like pretty amazing john henry irons i love yeah i don't know his name that i love the actor yes um i think he's great he's really a, good such a cool way to introduce steel even though i thought he was master chief in the first season when they first showed up i was like that's, that's, <laughs> yeah master chief
0: that was it's very massive yep. um
1: but i like it they also i don't know i, I want to shout out a few things um <laughs> I just saw the ticker. Um, <laughs> there was a really cool money shot with him this week when he jumped up in the air and the suit came in and like formed around him. Yeah. Which was really dope. I thought that was a really, really cool Although,
0: shot. Although, if we're being honest, though, if they're yeah. being the the designers clearly were like, let's make Steel into Iron Man yeah, with Thor's hammer. That was hammer. a total
1: Iron Man thing. But there was-,
0: was an Iron Man thing with a Thor hammer thing. They're like, let's just make him. Two sevenths of the Avengers because that's what's really popular right now. Yeah,
1: it was still dope. Was I also still dope. liked um, Superman uh, had a line to Anderson uh, when I guess he saw like uh, talking about the kids and he said that that emblem on my chest. He was like, "You don't have a right to yeah. like, give that out or permission to give that out." And uh, I thought that was cool, but then the guy was a jerk back and he was like. We could have a man. We could have a lot of Supermans.
0: (laughs) See, and that's Superman could just be like, "Oh yeah, now you're incinerated." (laughs) (laughs) That's it. If that's how you feel, I'll see how your replacement feels. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. Okay. Before we go to Peacemaker, I think there was one other Superman and Lois thing I wanted to say. If I don't think of it in the next three seconds, we're moving. All right. Screw it. I'll bring it. Was
1: it the Jordan fight?
0: No, it wasn't the Jordan fight. I feel like there's one other observation to say about that show. Oh, yeah, this is just my own stupidity. But I am a little bit convinced that they stole that show from this podcast that you're on right now. <laughs> because so many of the things that they've brought up, or the, the, the elements that they're adapting are things that I've suggested I would want in my ideal Superman movie. And Jeff Johns follows me on Twitter. So, Jeff, if you're watching the fanboy, just give me credit. Give me, like, 1% of what you're- Just one
1: royalty check.
0: One royalty check. Because literally- there have been so many different things that like in my ideal Superman, like, for example, I've been bringing this up for years. I've said that in my version of the Superman mythology, you don't have the earth be destroyed. I mean, uh, Krypton be destroyed over some scientific thing that occurred. You make it like the Kryptonians screwed it up and they went to world war and they destroyed their own planet. And that, Clark was part of the reason he was sent here was to like, make sure earth doesn't do the same thing.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause like there's to here you are, yeah. yeah.
0: It's not just, Oh, here you can survive and you'll be strong here. It's like, here there's another world where you have a proud people who can achieve wonders, but they end up killing themselves <clears throat> no. and they send Clark to earth to kind of help prevent that. Cause that's what happened in Krypton. And in this Superman Lois mythology last year, they established that Krypton, wasn't destroyed over Mm -hmm. some scientific mumbo-jumbo. It got too close to the sun and blah, blah, blah. No, they destroyed their own Krypton. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of like very specific things that I've always thought would be cool. I even said at some point like it would be cool if there's like these mysterious earthquakes happening in the middle of America that Lois is trying to investigate. And we eventually find out that it's Doomsday who breaks through and blah, blah, blah. So that's why when all of a sudden the earthquakes were revealed to be possibly Doomsday, I'm sitting there on the couch like Jeff Johns. You owe me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no, but th- th- this just this show is just it, it I guess the point is though, it feels like tailor-made to the kind of Superman story I want. And the mm-hmm. fact that they even use Smallville as a backdrop to talk about what's happening in America right now. You know, last year there was a lot of overtones about the rich Billionaire who comes to town making all these promises as a politician and the work, the working man in middle America who's felt ignored by by the coastal elites believing in him. Yeah, you know, there's all kinds of like <clears throat> the show has a lot to say, and I love that they go for it. They talk yeah. about America now and they talk about society and wh- where Superman would fit into things now The show's got balls in that way because it could have just been fluffy nonsense, but they're actually using the Superman mythology to say some pretty awesome things. So anyway, okay. now we're going to go on to our next and final review before wrapping this puppy up. Let's talk about episode six of Peacemaker. So uh, I will let you start us off again. What uh, how, how are you feeling about Peacemaker so far? We're six episodes in.
1: Yeah, I I love the show. I think it's great. Uh, I mean, James Gunn, just – he has such a a style and, uh, you know, if if you're not into his stuff, like, I guess you wouldn't like it. But, like, it's so James Gunn. It's so tight. It's a really interesting story. Um, Yeah, it's, like – it's it's amazing what they've done. I love all the characters, like, even, like – you know, I think most of them are pretty much, like, made-up characters except for Peacemaker, right? Like, I think all of them – are just well vigilantes
0: real uh yeah. i'm pretty sure all the actual like powered entities that he that that, yeah. that are brought up those are from the comics those that's james gunn vintage diving deep into those c and d and e list right. heroes but i think the supporting humans are all made up yeah yeah all them aside, like, yeah. aside from waller
1: yeah from waller yeah um you know man i think they're great uh the show it, it, like i love their um the use of, of music which is kind of james gunn's thing but like it's also like it's such an important part of like Peacemaker's like character and like mm-hmm. how he like uses the music um, when
0: he starts playing Poison on the piano.
1: I'm yeah. on my way.
0: Oh so uh, no, that's that's not Poison. That's Motley Crue. Yeah, home yes. oh, sweet. I was I kept waiting for him to sing it.
1: Yeah, that was amazing. Um, Vigilante is a great character. And meanwhile, um, you,
0: okay, okay? I'm gonna blow your mind. Do yeah. you know that he was not the original Vigilante? That they had actually filmed like an episode or two with a different actor, and then really? Gunn replaced them. Yeah, because yeah, and they had to go back and redo everything. I did not know that. Isn't that crazy? Didn't and we this know who guy... the original
1: actor was, or was he? Anybody
0: uh, I mean, he looks more like badass action guy. He doesn't look like awkward nerdy guy. The one who plays him now. Yeah, but he wasn't anyone remotely known. I'd never heard of him up until I heard that he got recast.
1: Wow, yeah, um, I love. He's like this nerdy, like sociopath. <laughs> yeah.
0: So <laughs>
1: He's um, bizarre.
0: but what was ham? What was I going to say? Or what were you going to say? Were you no, in the middle of saying, something?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I love the show. Uh, this week's episode was really, really cool. There were some cool reveals. Um, uh, well, we had the reveal kind of last week, but like, you know, uh, there was more reveal this week that, like, uh, basically the butterfly is in Merns.
0: Yeah, Mern that Mern is, is actually guy. taken by the butterflies, so but the big cool,
1: surprise. Yeah, like, thing last week was that reveal, but the reveal this week was that, oh, everyone knew her. Already.
0: <laughs> yeah, everyone knew, but, yeah, but, but her. You know, the, the Amanda's daughter. I forget yeah. the character's is name.
1: Adio- Adioye? Something like that. Something like something that. Something
0: right? like that. Cool and she's that. a fascinating character, too. I loved her in Orange is the new Black Dead actress.
1: Oh, I didn't and, know. I didn't even watch that show. So I didn't yeah. Know.
0: yeah. And uh, it's really interesting to see like the toll this is taking on her and the the dynamic of being Amanda Waller's daughter yeah. and having to do stuff that kind of contradicts her own teammates. And, you know, it, there's so many layers and levels to things. But what I think is interesting is that beneath it all, beneath all the gonzo comedy mm-hmm. and the hair metal and uh, kind of like tongue-in-cheek, sort of James Gunn energy. He's tackling some pretty interesting stuff in there because, to me, and this might be a weird hot take, but to me, Peacemaker is kind of like what Captain America would be if it was if it was real, because it's about a guy who thinks he's doing the right thing. He's fighting for America. Remember, America's always had this thing where we fight for peace and we all this. But America has a lot of blood on their hands, and they get involved in a lot of things that they shouldn't be. Yeah. And here you have Peacemaker, who I will I, I, I will do everything I can for peace, no matter how many people I have to kill to get it. Yeah. That certainly sounds like America's foreign policy, doesn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, that certainly sounds like this weird contradiction. And if you sort of look at it like the red, white, and blue trailer, the, the fact that his father is an old racist. Yeah. It's like, that is, yeah. Like the previous generation in this country was a bunch of, you know, there was a lot of racism, a lot of ugliness. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, peacemaker is like, he almost symbolizes America today, trying to reconcile who it, you know, how it came to be, what it is today.
1: He's a and dick, reco- but he wants to be good, <laughs>
0: but he wants to be good. And it's kind of like American right now trying to be yeah. like, well, yeah, we've done some shit, but, uh,
1: we're we want to, to be. Better.
0: We're trying to get better, you know. are yeah. trying. I swear, like at, at its heart, this story is some sort of allegory for James Gunn, where he's trying to talk about the the identity of America today.
1: Yeah, that's a. Really and in a way,
0: yeah. yeah, and in a way, he's kind of like Captain America. If it was played more real, if if Captain America, if, if there was just a super patriotic guy who was willing to run out and kill people for some supposed noble cause, it would be Peacemaker. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's this weird sort of like, yeah, it's goofy. Yeah, it's suicide. You know, it's James Gunn being James Gunn. But there's definitely some layers under there. No, it has a lot
1: of heart. I mean, it really does. There's a lot of genuine emotions. And there's actually like a lot of, even like six episodes in, there's like been a lot of like character development between them and like really nice arcs. And it's just... It, it's I can't believe like how well it's balanced. Also has like one of the best intros ever.
0: I can't skip it. If you, it's skip just it, impossible. If you
1: skip it, go to hell. Because <laughs> you don't skip it. Yeah, it's so good. Like the just straight face dancing is so good. It's the best. And the it's song's the best. great. Um, also, the composer for the show is. uh two guys but i know one of them is clint mansell Mm -hmm. who actually did a requiem for a dream yeah clint Um, is heavy duty he also did a really weird movie called stoker it has a really cool soundtrack um and this sounds completely different than both of those which is really neat the guy's got some uh, got some chops obviously (laughs) he's got some chops he's he's a professional
0: (laughs) so look at this we've gone for an hour and 40 minutes folks i don't think the show is going to be this long every week But, you know, me and Brett were a little backed up. It's been a while. Yeah. And uh, but you know, we're, we're going to try to bring this thing. We're going to try to bring this thing home closer to an hour every week. Yeah, we just had but, a lot
1: to say. We wanted to give you a nice big yes. show. So consider this like an extra bonus. Maybe you listen to it in two sittings. All yeah. Right. You know, you do do 40 minutes.
0: And 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 coming up as part of this reboot and relaunch of the Fanboy, we're also going to be opening up the floor to you. We're going to be encouraging you guys to send in questions. What topics mean something to you? Do you want to hear us tee off on? We're also going to be doing some live streams. We're, we're, we're going to be on, and you can come into the chat section and talk to us and ask questions and and influence the conversation while we crack open a couple of cold ones and talk about what's going on. We have a lot of cool things on the way. I can't believe we finally did it. We've been talking about this for a little bit now, and yeah, here we are, the Fanboy Podcast with MFR and Brett. We're doing it. It's awesome to be <laughs> doing it. Yeah? So everyone, um, yeah, I'm going to take the banner down for those of you who are watching. But for those of you who are not watching, if you're listening and you'd like to know how to tweet Brett, Brett is yeah. about to tell you how you can tweet at him and how you can follow him over on the Twitter.
1: Oh, look, I could, I could, I could point to it.
0: Yeah, but there's, there's, some people are listening.
1: Oh, yeah. So if you're <laughs> listening, then you're screwed. If oh, you're watching. Uh, so you can get me on Twitter at super brett Kahn. i changed my twitter handle to make it more fun and easier to say to people so it's super brett Kahn on twitter i will uh definitely try to be a bit more active now that i'm podcasting again so yeah there you I'm, go come reach out say hi
0: yeah and for be me nice. <laughs> I, I i you if you want to tweet me yes i've got the personal handle the uh, idj weddings But for all this geeky stuff, I've set up Superman on film to go along with the website and all that. So you can just follow me at Superman on film, all one word. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited for what's to come. Brett, thanks you. Thank you for joining me on this adventure. We're going to be having a I'm going to keep you pretty busy. We're going to be watching some Superman movies soon and recording some commentaries. We're going to be hosting some happy hours. It's going to be a freaking baller time
1: and i want to so, i want to thank the listeners too for uh you know uh, hopefully welcoming uh on the podcast i know they're used to listening to you solo yeah i hope my presence here is is a welcome one and uh yeah uh yeah apologize. well just the don't fuck it was, up it's like a little rusty we'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, we'll get better <laughs> yeah but we will i hope you like our new if if, ooh, if you're watching the video feed now i hope you like our new fancy setup we're yeah we're, we're investing a new so platform, yeah we, we paid this time screens and backgrounds and other things <laughs> yep. so yeah we're we're really doing it and Mario right if uh forgive me i'll 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 be helping you with this we're also gonna try to like break out um you know maybe i don't know if all of them or a lot yeah. of the topics from the video so hopefully yep. on youtube you'll be able to watch the whole thing as a whole or just get the audio only version or if you're only interested in certain topics or you just have a short amount of time to stay with us um because this is an hour and 40 minutes long yeah you can go and just like watch little little uh, topics on youtube so yeah we'll because
0: we realize things. you know if if we say something that excites you if we say something that you want to share and just belittle it's hard to do that with a one hour and 40 minute video clip. So we're going to be breaking these episodes down into shorter clips on the YouTube page so that you can spread the good word about the fanboy podcast. And by the way, if you want to get this awesome fanboy podcast t-shirt that I'm wearing, oh yeah, you go to the store located at supermanonfilm.com. Superman-on-film.com. All right. Um, but all right. So I think that about does it for us for now. So everyone until next week, life is chaos. Be kind. Adios. So
1: long.